welcome to the Pillars of Health podcast with resident strength coach, John Carroll. The Pillars of Health is on a quest to help you gain insight into the best ways you can manage stress, sleep, exercise, and nutrition in order to live your best life. Stay up to date with the Pillars of Health podcast by checking out our Facebook and Instagram pages, as well as CoachJohnCarroll.com. All right, gang, welcome back to the Pillars of Health podcast. This is Erin Carroll, and I am here to do a takeover. I am joined by the lovely Lindsay Tansky. Welcome. Hi, Erin. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad to have you. So we're going to chat today about nutrition, specifically in relationship to pregnancy. Lindsay, if you want to give everybody just a little bit of a background where you're coming from in all of this. Sure. Yep. So I should start by saying I am 38 weeks pregnant, just shy of 38 weeks pregnant with my first child. So So this is personally relevant for me at the moment, but my expertise in nutrition, I, I have a PhD in nutrition. I'm focused really on child health promotion and obesity prevention uh, with sort of a public health mindset. So, uh, and I'm also really interested in nutrition communication. So Definitely have expertise in nutrition, but should certainly specify that maternal and infant nutrition is not my expertise. So I think going through this pregnancy has been a really great opportunity to learn more about maternal and infant nutrition and all the changes that your body goes through during this phase. And it's just been a cool opportunity to learn about this aspect of nutrition in a new way. Well, we feel really lucky to have you on just given your background in nutrition, your PhD, and then also now your personal experience. uh, We feel pretty lucky. So I'm going to jump right in and we're going to start with an icebreaker question. And I'm really putting you on the spot here, Lindsay. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I welcome anything at this point. So (laughs) I'm on the table. I think that it's really good, especially for other moms to hear this kind of stuff, whether you you just uh, don't have friends that are going through it at the moment or I I feel like there are a lot of things that we don't talk about with the women's body in general and then you add pregnancy to that so your icebreaker question today is what has been the most unexpected part of your pregnancy it could be good bad weird whatever you feel (laughs) (laughs) I'll start with a positive I think I was sort of bracing myself for some of the less glamorous aspects of pregnancy because I feel like I've heard a lot about those from various friends and things you read online. Um, I think, honestly, one of the things that surprises me the most is how much of pregnancy I've enjoyed. I think, yeah, just seeing what your body goes through, things like feeling the baby move for the first time, like all of that. I just didn't expect, you know, you hear women say, that they really enjoyed being pregnant. And I always thought, yeah, right. <laughs> but, but now I kind of understand that a little bit. And I think just seeing what your body goes through, you know, as a science nerd, sort of understanding the physiology of what's happening and seeing how your body takes over and also being motivated to take care of yourself in a different way, I think has been a really powerful experience. So I think that's that's a positive I'd like to emphasize is just there's been more really enjoyable parts of being pregnant than I expected. Yeah. Um, that said, I've had my share of really weird symptoms. <laughs> One, I think it's just been eye-opening to see the range of symptoms that have cropped up at different 
stages of the process. So one really weird one is that my right ear will randomly get stopped up. Like, <laughs> and you know, these things happen and you say to yourself, that cannot be related to pregnancy. And then you Google it and you realize, okay, I guess that's a common thing. So it's just kind of a new adventure to see every week what new symptom is going to crop up that you didn't necessarily <laughs> see coming. And I actually, you know, Google can be a blessing and a curse when you're Googling <laughs> health issues. But I think in this case, it's been a blessing in terms of being able to Google something and hear that other moms experience the same symptom. Uh, kind of puts your mind at ease a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and so. it's maybe not as big of a deal as you might have initially thought it was. Yes. Although sometimes Google has the opposite effect, right? 100%, yes. So for the big issues, I always talk to my doctor, but for little things like your ear randomly <laughs> <laughs> getting blocked up, it's comforting to know that that's somewhat normal. So. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's really good to hear that most of your experience has been really positive and that you've enjoyed the pregnancy, just as another woman who hasn't gone through that experience yet. <laughs> it's a little it's reassuring, nice to hear the, yeah. the silver lining. Yeah. The other thing I should mention as we're getting started is you always hear about pregnancy brain, and I always thought that was somewhat of a myth, but I'm learning that that is very much a reality. <laughs> I'm still teaching this semester and like the number of times I've lost my train of thought during class has been crazy. And so I should just put that out there and say that I am experiencing severe pregnancy <laughs> brain at the moment. And so I apologize if any, uh, any signs of that emerge in the podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain that it won't. Uh, and Surely that is the good thing about the podcast is that Jonathan, when he goes through to edit this, can make us sound <laughs> even better than we already are. So uh, I'm going to move on a little bit here. I would like to ask you if you could just describe for our listeners your general eating philosophy, not in relation to pregnancy or just all the time, your eating philosophy for yourself and your hopes for others. Sure. So I think I just want to start by saying that I didn't get into nutrition because I had some sort of perfect diet that I had, you know, that I sort of had things figured out and that's why I gravitated toward nutrition. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in the 90s. I had, you know, grew up kind of on casserole, meat and potatoes, Midwestern fare. And I think kind of being a teenager in the 90s and growing up during the low fat era, I had some really counterproductive ideas about nutrition and really especially once I got into competitive athletics and things, I just had this really restrictive mindset about nutrition, that nutrition was all about what you should limit and got really into like all the diet foods that were popular at that phase, really low fat, you know, the rice cakes and the sugar-free yogurts and all of, you know, the reduced fat peanut butter, all of that stuff. And so I think at that point in life, I, I had a pretty negative relationship with food and saw nutrition as sort of this restrictive force. And I felt preoccupied with food all the time. I felt hungry all the time. And so it was sort of being in this unhealthy relationship with food that sparked me to get interested in nutrition and really want to learn more about it. And so, you know, then deciding to pursue nutrition in grad school, it like completely changed my philosophy about eating. The more I started to learn about nutrition science, um, I think the more I've been able to relax and realize that perhaps the best approach is just to focus on getting as much good 
food as you can um, and not to worry so much about what you need to restrict or avoid. And so for me, that has been a huge game changer in terms of my relationship with food, my ability to sort of relax and enjoy and think about like how can I incorporate as much good as possible and um, less about what I have to give up or restrict. So that was a huge shift for me that it took until probably my mid to late 20s to sort of figure out. And so I'd say at this point now, like, and I think a lot of this comes from having a better understanding of nutrition science, but, you know, now that I'm emphasizing healthy fats and I'm trying to integrate more high-quality foods, you know, it's not feeling hungry as much. It's being able to enjoy trying different recipes, integrating new foods. So I feel like that food philosophy has really helped kind of... I don't know. It's just for me, it's been about having a better relationship with food and just learning to focus on enjoying nutrition rather than seeing it as something negative. I think that's such a great philosophy. And I think when you learn firsthand like that, when you maybe didn't have the best eating patterns and you didn't feel good based on what you were doing, and then to feel the shift when you change your eating habits, um, when you can learn firsthand like that, it, it sticks a little bit more, it, just in my experience. But overall, I think that's a really great philosophy, and mine is very similar, if not the same as that, focusing on the good and less about restricting or taking things away, which I have never found helpful personally or for the clients that I have worked with. Have you had to change your philosophy at all since you got pregnant or would you say it's mostly the same? I think mostly I've just felt like grateful to have reached this place before becoming pregnant because honestly it it is strange to see your body go through all of these changes and like to know that you'll be gaining all of this weight. And just as a woman living in the society that we live in, seeing the numbers go up on the scale can be difficult. Seeing your body change can be difficult. And so I feel grateful to have kind of reached that healthy relationship with food before becoming pregnant, just because it's helped me kind of maintain that now and just focus on, you know, incorporating as many healthy foods as possible for both me and for the baby. And just to feel confident in how to feed myself well and not be concerned about counting calories or monitoring my weight gain or things like that. So no huge changes in my overall philosophy. I think, I guess one thing is that that mentality has sort of gradually affected my mentality about movement too, that I sort of had the same negative ideas about exercise that once my athletic career ended, exercise was all about like, you know, maintaining my weight or just something that you had to do to make room for food, right? And so I think that shift in food sort of led to a shift in how I view exercise and now it's more something that I do to feel good and it's more of a positive instead of something that you just have to get through yeah to sort of and I, I just want to emphasize that like like you said that that didn't change overnight for you both eating or exercise philosophy that it happened over the long term of 
probably educating yourself more and trying different things out, but it's such a huge shift. And just by listening to you talk, you sound happy with the way that you eat and, and exercise. And I think that that's our goal for all of our listeners. We don't want food to be something that stresses you out. We don't want exercise to feel like a punishment or a chore. We want you to feel good about these things and empowered in the choices that you make for yourself. So I think that that's what you're conveying with your own philosophy and I'm really happy to hear it. <laughs> well, and I have to give my husband some credit for that too, um, especially in the exercise department. Like he certainly helped me focus more on performance goals and strength and viewing my progress in in terms of, you know, getting stronger instead of numbers on the scale or physical appearance, things like that. So got to give Alex a hat tip there for <laughs> you guys are a good his team. role in this. Yeah, a strong team. <laughs> Okay, so any specific changes that you had to make to the way that you ate now that you're pregnant? I mean, there's kind of the basic pregnancy things, you know, you, for food safety reasons, things that you have to avoid. Obviously, I, I love red wine. And so, you know, cutting the alcohol, I think that's been a positive change, actually. And not to say that I haven't missed having the occasional <laughs> glass of wine or cold beer during the summer, but... Um, I think having a motivation to kind of take a break from that has been really good. Having a reason to keep my caffeine consumption at a reasonable <laughs> level has been good. So it, having that opportunity to sort of reset some of those behaviors has been nice. You know, obviously I miss the runny eggs. There's certain certain food safety things, you know, Jimmy John's sandwich every now and then. Like <laughs> it's not the same without the turkey on it. Yeah. So those are some changes, you know, that the doctors kind of give you that guidance about what things to eliminate from a food safety perspective. I would say one big thing that I guess it's not so much a change as just being more attentive to my body is the hunger, like the sense of hunger that I've felt at certain times during pregnancy. I was telling Alex, my husband, it's I haven't felt that type of hunger since I was like eight years old and have been like outside <laughs> running all day. And so it's been interesting to sort of feel your body telling you like you need to eat more. That's interesting. Yeah. Has that been in like different stages of your pregnancy or kind of throughout? Yeah, it hasn't been. It hasn't been consistent, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> um, but yeah, there have just been certain phases where I want to say it was like midway through the second trimester. And now again, I'm in third trimester now and baby's putting on something like a half pound a week. <laughs> and so you do like, he's hungry. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not a big snacker. Like I usually eat like three, three square meals. And so learning to incorporate a mid-morning snack has been really important <laughs> because I am like starving by 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. So I think that's been one way that I've had to plan a little bit differently for especially while I'm at work, is just to be a little bit more prepared with snacks and things like that. I think that's a really good point that you bring up that I don't think I have listed here in my notes, but just making changes when you find something isn't working out the way it used to. like, And that that's for whether you're pregnant or not pregnant. That's really good advice, nutrition advice for anyone, that you could be doing something for a long time that worked out really great for you and then all of a sudden something shifts in your life pregnancy or otherwise that you that you need to reevaluate and find a new way of doing it so whether it's incorporating snacks or 
changing your meal sizes or whatever. It's like evaluating, okay, why isn't this working and what can I do to fix it? That's a really great point. And I think another way that that's sort of cropped up in an unexpected way is I love to cook. I love to try new recipes like that previously has been the most relaxing part of my day. And I think lately I've been like busier at work. I've been more tired when I get home from work. And so I have not been in the mood to cook at all the past probably four months. Yeah. And so even just coming to terms with that and saying, that's okay. Like we can find ways to cut corners and use the frozen brown rice and use the frozen vegetables and let Alex cook. (laughs) Just recognizing that that's okay. And you don't have to have a from scratch home cooked meal every night. Yeah, that you can cut those corners and it's perfectly fine. So. And there are different seasons of life, right? Where it, it's not forever, but you got to find a way to make it work now. <laughs> Good preparation for what's to come. That's right. That's right. So just one more question about, you know, any things that you might have changed in terms of consumption. I know for food safety reasons, obviously alcohol, caffeine, certain meats or fish, but Are there any specific vitamins that you've had to add or incorporate like supplement on top of food consumption, I should say? Sure. Yep. So I did start taking prenatal. Well, I should say I'm not a big supplement person outside of pregnancy, but knowing the importance of having adequate folate status during preconception, that's really important. Often, basically the time when folate is most critical is during the very first weeks of pregnancy when the neural tube is forming. And a lot of women don't know they're pregnant at that point and haven't started taking vitamins yet. So the recommendation is to start with prenatal vitamins before conception if possible. And so I had started taking prenatals with 400 folate before kind of when we started trying. And so that's one thing I will say I, knowing that we eat a pretty healthy diet, I chose a prenatal supplement that doesn't have 100% of every, it had 100% of the recommended folate and a few other nutrients, but I didn't want to be taking something that had a huge dose of every nutrient knowing that we already eat a pretty healthy diet. And so I opted for like the gummy vitamins that have a lower dose of a lot of the nutrients just to kind of keep things a little bit more in balance. So in addition to that, I haven't really supplemented much otherwise. I do take the occasional fish oil supplement just because we don't get a ton of, you know, we don't eat fish quite as often as we'd like. So just take, it's certainly not necessary, but taking that for omega-3 fatty acids, DHA and EPA. And in my third trimester, I have had to supplement with iron because my hemoglobin has dropped a little bit in the third trimester, which I guess is fairly common. Um, And actually I've learned that it's harder, it's harder to get um, as much iron as you need during pregnancy from food alone, Interesting. um, harder than I would have expected. Like you just think eat some red meat, eat a steak, <laughs> but you need, you're supposed to get about 28 milligrams a day during pregnancy. And that's quite a lot. So, <laughs> um, and iron supplements can be pretty rough on your system. They can cause constipation. They can cause nausea. My doctor gave me a pretty high dose sample to try when my hemoglobin came out low and I, it felt like I got hit by a truck. I was so nauseous. And so I've opted for a lower dose. Yeah. That's a, a little bit more gentle on your digestive system. Yeah. So I think that's a good point. Two things there. First of all, getting 
your vitamins and minerals from food first, like is so important. So if you're eating a solid diet, you don't have to worry too much about supplementing and then not over supplementing. So doing it in line with a doctor is really great if you can and, and paying attention to how your body reacts to those supplements. Yep, absolutely. So that was hard to miss the (laughs) negative side effects of that one. So, yeah. So other than the symptoms that you experienced from the supplements that you had to take, have you had any pregnancy related symptoms that have affected your eating? Like heartburn or nausea the big one I was very lucky I didn't have morning sickness during the first trimester I'm very grateful for but I've had pretty bad heartburn from like the start of my second trimester on Um, and actually it's interesting there's some one of the wives tale that tales that has some evidence to back it up is that women with more intense heartburn tend to have babies with more hair (laughs) So I'm eager to see if this kid comes out with a full head of hair. I feel Ooh, like he I should. Am too. <laughs> I feel like he should, given given the heartburn situation. But that's probably been my most persistent symptom. Um, and I've really tried to figure out which foods bring it on. I think some of it has just been be like as baby's grown bigger, when he's crowding my digestive system. Um, but it seemed for me the one thing that seems to consistently trigger it is tomatoes. Oh. So like, and which is too bad because it's like soup season and yeah. <laughs> chili, you know, spaghetti and, sauce, yeah. things like that. So tomato rich foods seem to bring it on, and unfortunately, chocolate seems to bring it oh. on, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Oh. But but you know, I've just sort of had a good supply of Tums on hand to deal with that. So get a little extra calcium that way too. Yeah. Aside from narrowing down on what foods may be causing problems, do you have any tips that other women who are experiencing pregnancy related symptoms might try? Yeah. So one piece of advice that's really simple that the nurse gave me in one of my first prenatal visits that I might not have anticipated was just how much hydration matters for a lot of the symptoms that you feel. So drinking, basically having a water bottle and drinking it all day has made a huge difference for me in terms of, I think it's helped a little bit with the heartburn, certainly with constipation issues, with headache. I've had a few headaches Mm -hmm. um, and it seems to make a big difference in terms of headaches as well. So I would say staying hydrated can go a long way in alleviating some of those symptoms. The other thing that's been kind of interesting, I I would occasionally get migraines outside of pregnancy. And in my third trimester, I've had a few migraines, which I'm pretty sure are hormone related. But the doctor actually recommended drinking a cup of coffee and saying <laughs> that caffeine is actually, he's, he said, Caffeine's probably about the safest drug you could take for a migraine in this situation. So, and it's been amazing. Like every time I feel a, a headache coming on, I'll just have a, like a small cup of coffee and it has worked like a charm. So it could be psychological in part, could be <laughs> placebo effect to some degree, but there's something about that dose of caffeine that seems to help. So that was a pleasant surprise during pregnancy. I wasn't 
aware that you can consume, you know, the recommendations are up to 200 milligrams of caffeine a day, which is about two cups. So being able to kind of have that moderate dose of caffeine has been and to have your doctor like suggesting it go ahead and have an extra (laughs) you're like really thanks I will gladly gladly take that suggestion yeah but back to the water I think that's really really good advice especially because most people probably aren't drinking enough as it is and then when you need to consume even more than you normally would it's tough so I think it prepares you too for you have to really aggressively hydrate during breastfeeding as well yeah to keep your milk supply up so it's a good behavior to get into it's a little tough during pregnancy when you have to go to the bathroom all the time (laughs) you got to kind of balance those two things but um, I don't know though having to go to the bathroom all the time versus like other severe symptoms that might be way more uncomfortable like (laughs) I I, I can't speak from experience but I feel like I would take having to run to the bathroom over the others yeah it's a small price to pay (laughs) to feel better so besides having to consume more water do you feel like you've had to I know you spoke a little bit about being more hungry, especially at certain times, but during your whole pregnancy, do you feel like you've had to eat for two or is that like, I know that's something that we still hear. Um, Do you feel like that's a good strategy or motto that's out there? (laughs) I certainly understand the temptation. And I think especially if you're someone who has been fairly strict about how you eat or counting calories or sort of limiting your intake and watching your weight that pregnancy can be one of those times where you like all right I'm gonna take my foot off the brakes a little bit um and that hunger certainly like feeds into that instinct I think for me well first I should say that um in terms of calorie needs during pregnancy the general guidance is that in the first trimester you don't really need that many extra calories and then it kind of goes up from there so second trimester an additional 300 350 calories a day and then in the third trimester about 450 extra calories per day are sort of what you need I don't count calories but that's kind of just a rough idea of about how much more food you need and just based off of those numbers because if you if you don't count calories and most of us or I think both of us would probably recommend most people not count calories if they can avoid it. Uh, there are definitely some some times that it's necessary and even helpful, but if you can avoid it. But just to give a little bit of perspective of like how much extra food that would be based on someone's total intake, like between 25% or even less than that, like 15 to 35% or yeah, that's, somewhere in that range. That's roughly right. And I would just equate it to like a mid-morning snack, a mid-afternoon snack, like it's it two moderate-sized snacks per day, like yogurt and a banana, you know, maybe it's a peanut butter sandwich or it's a bowl of cereal. Yeah. Um, or just eat, even increasing your portion sizes absolutely. at mealtime if you're hungry then, so. Yeah, and I think, you know, certainly I've tried to focus on getting those calories from nutrient-dense sources, but I think it's also good to give yourself permission if you're craving something in particular, you know, it's fine to indulge in that stuff on occasion. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I could not agree more. I would just personally say like eating for two, I feel like 
just remember that the second one isn't a full human yet. Like, yes. <laughs> like babies definitely need a lot of food. If it, and like you said, like breastfeeding and things like that, or even if if they're consuming formula, but not as much as we need as adults. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. And. And I think there's a positive way to look at it if you think about eating for two, not in terms of the quantity of food, but that the choices that you're making are, you know, affecting both you and the baby, that that has been sort of a positive way for me to think about it. So, but yeah, I think there have been phases where like the cravings have really hit hard. And I think, I think it's important for women to remember too, that everyone's different. Uh, We all have a different experience in pregnancy. I'm sure this pregnancy is going to be different from future pregnancies that I might have, but just paying attention to your body, kind of paying attention to how you feel and understanding that, you know, there's no cookie cutter mold for how every pregnant woman should eat so exactly to find what works for you and like you said it's I think it's important for people to allow those indulgences if if you're really wanting something craving something um, even if it's outside of what you would typically eat as long as it doesn't put you at risk for anything terrible there's no safety concerns and I don't see why you shouldn't indulge Right. All right, Lindsay, I'm going to ask you to wrap it up with like a few of your most important tips or like things that have helped you and you think could help other expecting moms in terms of eating and figuring things out this time around. (laughs) I think for me, given that this is my first go around with all of this is one thing that I've found really comforting and important is having friends to talk to who are going through. I'm really lucky right now. One of my best friends is, um, about three weeks behind my pregnancy timeline. And so we're really at similar points in our pregnancies. We've been going through a lot of these things together. And so being able to talk to her, compare notes, have those blunt conversations (laughs) that, you know, you may or may not be able to have with other people in your life has been really important. And, um, just to have someone that you feel like can understand what you're going through has been huge. So I would definitely encourage moms to seek out other expecting moms or people who have been through it before so that you can have those frank conversations (laughs) and talk about some of those weird issues that you're experiencing because it's, you know, you can talk to your doctors and they'll give you the technical answers and the support that you need, but there's something about talking to someone else who's been through it and, can relate to all the weird things that you're going through and and just put you at ease when you're feeling anxious so I would say that's a great I think that's resource yeah really great advice I think having a strong community is so helpful so seeking out other people like you said who are in it now or have done it before is really helpful so aside from having a really strong community and support system, are there any last remarks that you would give to expecting moms who are trying to figure this out as they work through it? Yeah, I think I would just say that it's easy to feel a lot of judgment over your food choices. It's easy to feel like a lot of people are watching what you're eating when you're pregnant. Um, There's a ton of recommendations. There's a ton of changes that you have to be making during this time. And so I would say that everyone has to sort of weigh those recommendations and make the choices that are best for them. And at a certain point, you know, you just have to be confident in what you decide is best for you 
and try not to let what what can feel like outside judgment it's important not to let that force you into making choices that aren't right for you yeah I think that is really great I'm I can't imagine the pressure that you feel to you know just do things right because you care about your baby you want to do what's best for them and then you get so much input even if it's well well meant (laughs) you know it comes from a good place I'm sure but I think that people can be pushy and have a lot of opinions especially when it comes to food and pregnancy so you mix the two together and I'm sure that that you feel a lot of pressure there so you know doing what's right for you and trusting yourself to make the best decision for you and your baby is really sound advice and I think capitalizing on this it is a critical time in terms of you do have that extra boost of motivation to like care for yourself better, to go to bed earlier and to exercise more and to make good food choices. And so I think just trying to embrace that and take that, you know, incorporating as much of the good practices as you can um, is a really healthy philosophy. Yeah, I think that's great. So before I let you go, Lindsay, I just want to ask some questions because you are so close to the big day. (laughs) Are there any things that you're anticipating postpartum with breastfeeding and then feeding yourself and now feeding the baby? Like, are there any changes that you're anticipating or are you just taking it in stride or... (laughs) Well, regarding breastfeeding, honestly, it's not my area of expertise. I'm lucky I work next door to a breastfeeding expert, so I'm fully expecting to be knocking on her door (laughs) quite regularly to figure this whole thing out, Um, and also talking to my sister and other moms that have gone through it. In terms of nutrition, I think I'm just trying not to set unrealistic expectations and it's like you said before, there are different seasons of life. And so I think it's really important to cut yourself a break and not have unrealistic expectations for what, you know, for maintaining a certain level of nutrition during a huge transition like that. So, um, I think finding, you know, finding ways to make healthy choices that are easy, that are convenient. And we're probably going to be ordering pizza from time to time, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And cutting yourself some slack when it's just not an option. Yep. I think that's really great advice. So thank you so much for coming on and chatting about all of this, Lindsay. You gave our listeners so much information, uh, a lot to think about, but also like empowerment to make their own choices. And I feel like that's really important when it comes to food. Well, this was great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and hopefully we can have you back. I know you're going to be busy soon, (laughs) but once life settles down, we'll love to hear how things are going and, you know, what else you've learned. Thank you. All right, until next time.